Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 25th, actually October 25th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing wonderful. I mean, we we've got uh, we've got the cold snap has come through. It is oh. uh, is officially. I think it's over here in Chicago. It's it's uh, the the weather has turned and we are uh, heading towards winter. You're ready to decamp to the swamp, maybe? Are we going to have a re, re, a reprise of last year? You fleeing to the swamp? We'll see. I don't know. TBD. We just we conducted a big garage sale this this weekend. Really, my wife did. I didn't. I didn't do much to add to it, but you I, know, I, you know, I I'm not a veteran of the garage sale industry, but I I like the whole thing. Just kind of just feels not worth it to me i don't know what the roi is in terms of like the effort of finding stuff the effort of putting it out the effort of having to interact with other humans most of whom i assume are weird people who seek out garage sale types you know i just that doesn't and i don't know what you end up with an extra bag of bixby i i love bixby but i don't know like how did it go for you i i can't speak we had to a de- we had a decent return i mean i was definitely of the camp and it got me in a little bit of hot water of of why are we doing this this is not worth the time you know what what are we doing um but you know, my wife put a lot of time into it, and she she got a return. She was quite proud of herself by the by the end of the weekend. And okay, um, good. where did you, you know, broadcast was, that? You just put. She, where do you do that now? She's it's all over Facebook okay. and Craigslist, right. and right. you know, the, there are some great moments. Some great moments were when like a van pulled up and like four elderly women pulled got out of it, <laughs> and I, and I wondered like, do they drive around and go yeah, to garage sales? Like, I'm is sure. this their thing? They like walked. Around around for like two minutes and just walked away didn't say oh, anything no. like clearly did not see anything that they were looking for it it made it seem like they were pros pros um we had a guy that came back like five times you know five different what? times every the time hall? he came yeah no he would just come back he would come back look again and oh he would God. just he would go to work on things you know like you knew what he was looking at you knew what he wanted yeah. and he was just coming back to That's see that bizarre. it was still there and work on the price. I mean, these people just, just, you know, you're selling something for cents on the dollar already. Yeah. And it's like five bucks for something that costs, uh, you know, 50 or 60. And they're like, how about four? And you're like, really? Four? Five? You can't do five? Like, you want four? Well, they haggle over everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people asking for us to drop the price from two to one. It's like, that's 50% right there. And uh, did, you to, did you have to part with any, like, prized golf possessions that your wife wanted gone that were, oh, like, toss-ups she, for you that were on the border? Like, you know, I kind of don't mind that, having that. Was there anything? That, she you know, was that, really on me about getting golf stuff in there, and I said, absolutely yeah. not. I'm not <laughs> selling this stuff at success on the dollar to people who won't appreciate it. Like I was like, this is it's stupid, and she and she, I was like, I'll have a golf nerd 
uh, garage sale, you know, yeah. where, oh, that's true. you know, it's a g- only golf stuff. If I wanted to do that and, and we'll make way more money if I do it that way. And she goes, well, you'll never have it. You can't, you're not, you're not capable of having the golf garage sale. And I said, well, that that's might true. be true, <laughs> but I won't, I will not sell my golf stuff to people that won't appreciate it and won't pay will haggle with me for you know maybe you can do that in conjunction with your next event because you know the people coming to the fried egg events are appreciators maybe you have a little separate separate egg garage sale yeah i've got a bunch of hats that's i got all these hats some of them have never been worn but i need to get rid I, i i just like i look i got so many hats yeah that's a lot of hats i yeah Yep, I was, absolutely. you know, Kaylee was trying to get me to put the cr- signed Chris Blank shirt into the garage sale. I'm like, absolutely not. That's, that's, that can, I cannot part with this. My father-in-law was over for a baptism, kid's baptism yesterday. He needed a hat. He's, you know, thin up there and the sun was beating down. I got to listen. I got 50 hats I've never even worn. You could take whatever you want. You are in the right place. For hats, I will not. Is like, are there some? Oh yeah, there's probably a few. I'd rather you not use, but like, literally, just pick any of them. There's piles of hats. It was like you are in the right spot. I, I would gladly part with hats. That that's one thing. My sure. my dad, uh, my dad was uh, still wears like hats from my like junior tournaments that I gave him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right. absurd the hats right. he wears. Right. All right. This is great. I love the garage sale talk. Part of the reason we bought our house was a garage sale. There was a community sale. And we went and looked at our house and everyone out was like having beers. And I was like, this is a great neighborhood. This is a fun. And like literally it was, I wouldn't say it was the clincher. The house had to play a part. But like every now and then, you know, it's a good way to come together in the community. Right. I, I don't know that I, I don't, I, put I don't in think the any of our neighbors came. Well, that's none of our thing. neighbors came. Oh, it was all people, people that from, come out. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Out of the ether that do this every was, Saturday and Sunday or whatever. The thing that's funny too, is like everything was for sale. And then at the end of Saturday, everything was free. It was just like, get the <laughs> shit out of my life. <laughs> so we had one last lady. We had one last lady. Uh, my wife had, had put up on like Facebook or something that everything was now free and one last lady was like hanging around she ended up buying like forty dollars of shit and my wife like came in she goes she's like i just i need this lady to get out of here because i can't have somebody come up expecting it to be free while this lady's here and she she bought like forty dollars of stuff Uh and then it it was after that it was all free yeah well that's where you're starting with a from like if facebook's the main mechanism for broadcasting this so you're talking to people who are on facebook you're already oh, yes. starting in a bad spot we're terrible Terrib- I, I don't know what goes on there anymore but all right let's get on she, to my golf. wife my wife was really enticing that uh buy nothing group that i talked about earlier oh, that yeah. she's just obsessed with I, we have people just coming by like they just come to our door and i'm like what is going on she's like oh that's buy nothing person and i'm like oh like they want a half a tin of hummus <laughs> you know there, here you go thank you um all right let's get to it a little bit of golf listen we had a full weekend garage sales anniversaries baptisms a lot of travel you had a wedding just a full weekend we figured sunday night you know, we care about this product. We want you guys to enjoy it. You wouldn't have gotten probably six minutes of garage sale talk because we were out of gas last night. So we figured the best bang for your buck, which is zero dollars, it costs nothing. We would we would push this to Monday morning. We're recording here with a little hey, more. Hey, 
What? So since it costs nothing, let's talk about something that does cost money. What a segue! All right, our our pro shop. We got some good stuff in there. Yeah. Will Knights is just you know he's just back there stocking shelves like you know little worker bee, you know <laughs> oh, putting up on. some good stuff. I thought we could get through he's a message got... of Will without using the word little. And you, okay. I didn't. Right. I, I mean that's a common expression. He is. He's doing work. He's got some good stuff. I you know I. I, uh, you know, I run the pro shop technically. I, he runs the pro shop. You know, yeah, I, I, people are always like, you guys do such, such. People are always complimentary of me, and I'm like, I have nothing to do with that. That's Will. Will like, is just, you know, he doesn't even ask our approval of stuff. Stuff just appears in there. Yes. So he's I've doing a wonderful job. Hands off. Kind of didn't know what was in there. I checked it out on like Friday. I was like, holy shit. There's like a ton of like really good stuff I would actually buy. And I'm not saying this as an ad read. Like there's good hoodie. There's a, uh, oh, the Bratislava sold out. Great rope hat. Rope hat. Bunch ample hats. Ample hats. A new rope hat. There's white polos. There's thick boy t-shirts. There's just like a lot there's of really blue good sport stuff. polos. There's some belts. You know, there's there's good stuff. Blue sport polos. Yeah, there, there are blue sport polos. There's just like some. There's some a couple really traveler stuff. shirts. You know, recently you sent me a text that said, "Well, the Pelly shirts sold out, and the the traveler shirt is, is not. not. So, yeah. which was the worst item? And that's bullshit. Because to get rid we of the Pelly shirt, we had to discount it to nine dollars. <laughs> we lost money on it to get rid of it. We should so, have put that in the garage sale. You should have put in the hall of the last of the Scott Pelly shirts. You know, it's a, it's a if my wife if my wife had it, uh, anything to do with it, there would have been, you know, it would have been things that cost hundreds of dollars selling for five dollars. I put I put my foot down. We just got these two chairs reupholstered. Yeah, it was like four hundred bucks oh, to get these all, two chairs. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. That's she wanted part. to put them in the. We did this two months ago. She wanted to put oh, them no. in the garage sale for fifty bucks a pop. No. Said absolutely not. That is not happening. I ref- that is that they are not going in. Yeah, and she's like, just spent yeah, she bucks. was. She was like, you know, pleading her case. I go, I'll use them. I'll yeah. use the chairs in say. perpetuity out of spite. They will not go into the garage sale. She, they're like floral patterns. She's like, they're floral. I'll, I was like, I don't care. I'll sit in them once a week. <laughs> Anyways, the, the fried egg pro shop. There's a shotgun start tab. Good hoodies, good hats. I don't know. I think I was impressed. I haven't looked in a while. There's a lot of like really good stuff in there. I, I don't know. Like you've said, that's the way to go now. You know, flaunting peacock and a bunch of course logos, I think is out nowadays. I don't know. I, no, I think, like, I think here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think like... You have be tasteful with your logos, right? Yeah. You know, like wear one. Don't wear three. Yeah. And the best way to break stuff up is like you don't want to wear a tailor made hat. You don't want to wear a Titleist hat. No offense to those companies, but like you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wear, you know, random hats, you know. Sometimes I wear like brewery hats. Sure. Because I just don't want to be wearing golf club hats all the time. Sure. I wish there was more munis with good logos. I guess that's why I did that logo restoration project that never yeah. uh, the pandemic halted. But um, You'll get but yeah, back on the horse for that, I'm sure. We we will at some point. All right, <laughs> coming Here soon. We- but that's what it is. It's great to break up everything, and you're supporting the podcast. There you go. All right, let's get to the golf. Ten minutes in. Here, what? What? Never what mind. Say? Keep it going. What do you want to say? <laughs> 
Supporting the podcast because the pitcher packs, as expected, were woefully underpriced. Well, also, they aren't available. We apologize. If you can we didn't know. Not, we were on the same page there. We miscommunication. Pitcher packs no longer available. Anyway, and, they, and they were woefully underpriced. Ah, we didn't make, come on. We didn't come make on. any money on them. We were making like 30 cents per sale. Come on. Come on. It's like the garage sale. All right. Um, it was the pitcher pack is the, the garage sale of, of coffee items. I knew right, it. Let's get to the golf. There's no way we, there's so much coffee in those pitcher packs. There's no way we were making oh, any on. money. It paid for the gas home. No. All right. The, the, it uh, did pay for the gas <laughs> home. It didn't. It paid for like a quarter of the gas. I'm kidding. At the Zozo Championship, Hideki Matsuyama wins in his home country at Narashino. Uh, he wins five, five over Brendan Steele and Cameron Tringali with the uh, misleading 60- number. Yes, yes. Cameron Tringali had the lead on the back nine, and over the last eight holes, Hideki went. Um, I think he had four birdies and an eagle, or three birdies and an eagle. I can't remember over those last eight holes to really kick it into uh, overdrive. Tringali, I think, was kind of like going for it. Guy, guy, guy has a lot of money and no wins. <laughs> Um, so it's a nice you know. life, though. Nobody recognizes him. He's so he, he's like he's like the quintessential no name second baseman in Major League Baseball that everybody wants to be. God, he's, he's there's no be. worries about fame. You know, yeah. he's made a truckload of money. Yeah, and uh, he can live a normal life like Cam Tringali. Well, his plight is is real. That you know, as a competitor, it must be really frustrating to never win. But on the flip side, nobody recognizes you, and that's great. That's a great thing to live with fame and and have nobody recognize you ever. He's obscure even within the Cameron zone. He's yeah. he's even obscure with, even within that limited. I set feel of like folks. He, he's more recognizable though because the beard than Adam Shank. Like you couldn't do the Adam Shank uh, lineup sure. with no, Cam Tringali. No, 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 no. He's got a he's got a look to him. Uh, uh, so Tringali bogeys the last two. Hideki Eagles the last one. So that kind of created a little a larger spread. It was closer than that. Um, but yeah, this got a lot of a lot of attention Sunday morning. It was a fantastic shot into eighteen. He did the twirl and walk after. Of course, there's a lot of um, here's context here's- and projection about what it meant for Hideki to win in front of his home country. Um, I had someone propose, uh, not propose, but but ponder, like. Do you think 5,000 people fell into watching this in the United States? Well, this is the thing. This is this is what we talked about early. This event should be a huge deal. And three years into it, obviously, take away the having to move to Sherwood Forest, the, the mythical Probably place. Rich to feed the poor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, like, I mean, you got Tiger winning and, and Hideki. And this event should be i mean it's a huge purse it's in japan it's in like this thing should be a massive event this should be something that like you know kind of like the olympics where we were up watching this should be one of those events but just given where it is and in the fact that there's no weeks off it, it falls into this like obscurity of the fall series and it shouldn't be it should be a, one of the premier primetime events that they have on the PGA Tour, but just because of where it is in the schedule and the fact that there's all these events leading in, like if there weren't events three weeks before, three weeks after this event, I think it would be a big deal. You know, if it yeah. was, 
if it was the headliner of a three event series and it didn't have events around it, you know, I think it would be a big deal. But the fact that it's just like week in, week out and week week after week, it becomes this like like why would I watch this thing? And like I don't I, you know, this is my job to cover it, but like I also have a life and it's hard to like yeah. I was uh, traveling for a week. It's like, I don't think it's even meant for like the American PGA tour audience at this point. Like, right. It's the, like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, ideally you should pop, you know, prop it up more, but I I don't know. It's like, I, I, we got, I got a message from golf max. We did to try to provide some context. He goes, just to have a field of any substance over here is a minor miracle. I guess he volunteered. Because we were popping, like, why is this on so late? Why not get some, like, you know, primetime coverage? They said Thursday they had three cameramen available for contact tracing. There were, like, nine volunteers just to get in three hours of coverage. Um, They said it was, like, just very, very challenging. You know, look, I thought it was great between this and the uh, LPGA event in Korea just to sort of start getting some events back in Asia. Some were canceled. Like, it's good, like... Like those people, you only have five thousand a day at, at the Zozo, um, but like it, it's good to at least start having some events while m- many others are still canceled even this year. Uh, but yeah, it, this it, is, it couldn't have registered over here. But that, that's the thing is like this is when you think about golf markets and the tour is becoming a world tour, right? It's become it's a worldwide yeah, product. Maybe. You know, we don't we lament not having events in Chicago, uh, D.C., New York, Boston regularly. This is an event that should be regularly should be highlighted and should be one of the premier events, because from a golf market sense, this is arguably the biggest golf market there is in the in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it's a golf crazed area of the of the world. Like this is a huge, huge market. And I, I just don't think it's doing justice jamming it into this like fall series where nobody really cares about, you know, and I, I like, you know, from the sense of the of uh, of Japan saying it's just great to have something like I as a golf fan, you know, I think it should be something more like this should be one of. And I think I obviously like the PGL and the SGL, whatever is the format the the proposition of like 25 or 20 worldwide events right i think that we're kind of heading this way with the pga tour but i think there should just be 20 events that that the big time players are expected to go to and those should be the big 20 events of the year there's the majors there's the players there's the riviera there's you know bay hill you know you have your elves sass you're almost already there you're you've got Fairfield, like 10 yeah. right And this should be one of them. You know, you have the FedEx Cup playoffs as much as we drag on it. Like, we're up to like 12. And this is just one that the expectation should be that the best players in the world come to. Because Southeast Asia and Japan are the, you know, some of the biggest growing and biggest markets of the game. Now, like, and and that's how I think, you know, with this European Tour uh, strategic alliance, I think this is generally the direction it's going. But... This should just be expected, and that might be how this all falls out, where we have big-time events that, you know, kind of, like, stand out, and we have the week-in, week-out grind, because I don't think any events are going anywhere, but I think what needs to happen is that certain events need to be put up on a pedestal, and it should mean more, and this should be one of them. 
You know, I was uh, for on Thursday instead of Flashback Friday, I did a TBT on Jumbo Ozaki. I, I like re I, and I listened to a bit, uh, like most of it again before I posted the Instagram, and like I, I we had the intel like there was absolutely no one in the world of golf that made more money in the nineties. We're talking Norman. We're talking like massively Nick, wealthy. Nick was yeah. still yeah. like and and at the peak of his you know off course. Yep. And so, like, yeah, Jumbo made more money than anybody in the 90s. And I was thinking, like, of course, you know, that was, some of that was a bubble in Japan. But it was like, here we are, like, 30 years later, right? And, like, it was booming then. Like, how is it that this is all we have and it's, like, sort of, like, tucked and hidden in Japan? Like, it's Japan's still a booming, like, golf market, a massive golf market with a ton of interest. And we had, like, it seems like the evolution of progress of, of expanding the PGA tour worldwide or, or at least like increasing into these markets where the, the rich most, the wealthiest, you know, player in the world was there 20, 30 years ago. It just, it feels like such slow progress as those, those only three years old. I, well, I think it's too also that they, there's a hesitancy. They don't want to say, and, and I think one of the things competitors and threats of competitors could push it into the direction it's needed to go for 20 years. Because yeah, sure. I think sure. with, you know, everything being the same and, you know, not wanting to prop certain events up without, you know, the ramifications of propping certain events up when other sponsors are paying the same amount of money, you know, is, is a tough one for the PGA Tour. to And the threat of com competition, this is where, like, people should be rooting in a way for the PGL to keep pushing the tour, you know, outside of, like, the obvious negative aspects of Saudi Arabia money and all of that, this, the threat of them can only make the tour better. Right. Um, and right. this is, this is getting to where we have these premier events. Like a perfect example of this is like, listen, like nobody on the, in the NFL or the NBA takes offense when they, when they have primetime games for national audiences. And this is kind of like what the, the tour should look at it. I think as is like, these are our primetime games. These are our primetime tournaments. These are our nationally televised uh, tournaments. These are the ones that we're going to put our weight behind. They still count the same. One, yeah. It's one win either way. But like yeah. on Christmas Day, the NBA is putting out Lakers. Like that's yeah. that's the yeah. way it is. Like, I, you know, they are not putting out like the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Poku out into, you know, on Christmas Day. Like that's, I think like... I think that's the the reality is like, hey, they can still all be the same, but you in in it, it the players lose a little bit of their autonomy, but it's going to make a better product in the long run. Sure. You have anything else on the Zozo? Yeah, uh, we should I, talk about Hideki. I mean, like this is a huge win. Obviously, I, you know, yeah. there's disappointment with him not getting the medal, and it was a rough finish uh, at the Olympics. And this kind of was the opposite of a rough finish, almost dunking his second shot, making eagle on 18, yep. like emphatic uh, win uh, for Hideki. The thing that I kind of take away from this, obviously, he's a transcendent player in one of the in one of golf's biggest markets, and. You know, his impact, uh, we talked a lot about this with with the Masters, his imp impact is hard to measure here in America because, you know, I haven't ever been to Japan, but, like, I could only imagine. I mean, he might be the biggest superstar in the game um, right now when you take Tiger out of, like, if you just say no yeah. Tiger. Like, in terms of global superstar, Hideki might be the biggest one. And, you know, at this point, 
it seems like he's 29 and he's trending to you know what has historically been a Hall of Fame career. He's up to seven tour wins now and a major. He's got the, is it eight Japan tour wins? I'm not sure. I think it's seven or eight Japan okay. tour wins. And, you know, historically we've seen it's a it's like 15 wins, one major. So he's at 29. He's halfway there. I think like I think the Hall of Fame, you know, we we rag on it a lot. But I think the Hall of Fame standards for these players is going to be a little bit lower just because there it seems there's more wins available than ever before with tournaments. But the you know, the win rate is lower than ever before. Yeah, uh, it's his eighth Japan golf tour win i you know it was incredibly meaningful i i think like we have to be there's a bunch of like american writers um like oh this is like just as much as the masters like i i don't know it seems like we're projecting like stuff we don't know like oh he won in front of his home fans and this is like this is like bookends an amazing year it's, it's just it's just as meaningful as the masters i saw that like sort of framing multiple times like eh like it, it seems to be a momentous occasion. Certainly, playing in front of your home fans, it will probably reverberate. It's probably everywhere in Japan, you know, this weekend. But I, I don't know. The Masters is the Masters. I think, yeah, you that's, know? it's, uh, it's like kind it of a ridiculous like thing. To weird say. framing. I saw <laughs> popping up and up over again because we didn't know what to write or how to talk about the Zozo. But uh, a, a good win for Hideki. It certainly means more that Hideki won it as opposed to. I think it's a it's a national open win, right? Like we saw John Rahm playing in Spain the last couple of weeks of the European tour, as opposed to these huge purse events in in America er, and the PGA tour, because winning at home means something to players that are international players, particularly. And Speak. go ahead, yeah, Speaking yeah. Speaking of winning at home, Jin Young Ko. Unbelievable segue there. That's a professional segue. You got the merch one earlier. I, I'll get that one. We're moving this on. Might, to we the might LPGA. be too professional here, but we did talk about garage sales. Garage sales, and, are and, right. so a discount <laughs> bag. Um, all right, the BMW Ladies Championship in Korea. Jin Young Ko wins. It's her fourth win in seven starts, I believe. She t- shot an eight under sixty four to get in the playoff. Number wins one the- in the Rolex rankings, She's overtakes take- Nelly, which seemed like a uh, a huge task for anybody to do a few months yeah. ago. Like this yeah. is uh, it's a, <coughs> been an, a sensational year on the LPGA tour. It's been strong, absolutely strong. This was again one of the few Asia swing. I think the only Asia swing event that that moved on. Uh, the swing and skirts in Taiwan. That several were canceled, um, and she becomes the 200th Korean win on the LPGA. I saw this bandied about uh, multiple places. Pretty fitting. It happens in Korea. It happens with Jin Young Ko, who's the best Korean women's player right now. Um, she shot a 64 to get in the uh, get in a playoff with Hee Jun Lim. Uh, one in the first playoff hole with a birdie. It's her 11th on the PGA Tour. Uh, the 64. LP, LPGA, LPGA Tour. I'm sorry, LPGA Tour. Uh, the 64 is kind of just like, I I think I saw something. She's like three or four times she's won by, after trailing by like four going into the mm-hmm. final round. Like something crazy. She knows how to charge hard on uh, Sunday. So yeah, it really meant a lot to her. Obviously, this 200th win mark seemed to be a national moment of pride on the LPGA. So. Go ahead. She's in her last five events. She's finished no worse than T six and has three wins. She did I mean, break the the sixty rounds in the sixties broke in the first round. She did, so she matched Annika's record, I think, of fourteen in a row in the sixties. That was like and the then only she thing started to back up with three yeah, more rounds in the sixties. Right, exactly. So. 
Uh, so it's 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 crazy that you talked about how she overtake the number one. It sounds like she's like she's already won the top ten race, which is like a six figure payout because she has the most top tens. She's leading the CME. She's just like it's kind of ridiculous. Based if you were to ask us, you know, maybe after the Olympics, late August, if this was possible. And here we are. Nelly's kind of on the riding sidecar already. You know. I mean, well, the question is, who's who's the uh, player of the year, right? Because Nelly's that's an objective standard, right? Yeah. It's none of this crooked, you know, secret ballot stuff we get with the FedEx Cup winners always winning on the PGA Tour. It's objective. I think it's I think right it's now. hard because like Nelly has I think bigger wins. Yeah. But now Jin Young Ko has more. Right. right? She leads by yeah. like fifteen points or something like that in the player of the year race. So. I, I think in the in the CME points she's up she's up five hundred. But who what does that mean? Who knows what that means? <laughs> What's the currency? What's the transfer between the CME point and the FedEx Cup? So Jin Young Ko has seventeen events, four wins, eleven top tens. Okay. Uh, Nelly Corda has fifteen events played, three wins, eight top tens. Like is that count Olympics? To, does that count in that count? I think it does. Uh, schedule. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Gold medal. It should. I think it does. Everyone's uh, there. I think. I think it does. And the I don't think it does. Really? Yeah. I, I don't. I actually. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. So so Nelly's Nelly's got four wins then too, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't count. So in the Olympics. So I it the um so the I mean. Just to put that in perspective, I mean this is this is unbelievable. Like two dominant players yeah. type yeah. season. Like I mean, if this if this is kind of the sad, if this was happening on the men's tour, it'd be you know banana land, right? But like the next closest, it, Lydia Ko, eighteen events, one win, nine top tens. Like there's a giant cliff. So right. four wins for Ko, four wins for Corda. And uh, then there's just a, a gulf. Oh, and yeah, yeah Patty Tanitavikits, fourth in points, one win, nine, nine top tens. MB Park, one win, eight top tens. Aria's got two wins. Like, it's, but it's not even close, really. So I thought she had an incredibly like powerful quote. I think like the mental health stuff is, um, uh, it's, it's being overplayed by media sometimes. Like, they, like, Mita sees it as like an easy story to write and, and talk about, but like clearly it's not overplayed with, among the actual players and, and athletes out there now. Like it seems to be a real, I don't know, uh, a real awakening, I would say. Um, and we heard that with Nelly earlier this year while we're comparing Nelly and, and Co. Like about how Bubba listening to Bubba talk had an impact on her. Um, but Co's having this year when. She had an entire spell where it was like a total, total funk, right? It, like really early first half of the year. And I thought this was really powerful, salient quote. She goes, her grandmother was sick in Korea and she was having to grind on like the ANA and the U.S. Women's Open, some of those earlier majors. She goes, I came to think, what's the use of all this? I was very skeptical about why I was playing golf when I couldn't be there for my grandma. I'm actually the eldest granddaughter. My family was going through a difficult time. I couldn't be there for my family. I really place a high value on happiness. So golf is a means to get there. Golf is a means to get there to happiness. It's not an end for me. So at the time, I became really doubtful about why I was playing golf. 
So it's like it's this this sort of the Rory some of the similar to Rory about like does mm-hmm. golf define me? Does golf define whether I'm happy or not? It, clearly, she's like golf is a way for me to be happy, and at the time it was like impacting my happiness because I couldn't be home with my family. Um, she goes, but I think time heals everything. <laughs> so that's certainly time. I think you know time here in the second half of the year has certainly improved her. Her golf seems like she's in a better place mentally too. Yeah, I think people. Um... People like to rag on athletes when they have these moments because it's like, how hard could life be that you you get to play golf for a living? But like, I think this is like the existential crisis that almost everybody deals with with work. Like, you know, if I'm unhappy at work, you know, generally people are unhappy at home. You know, sure. and it it becomes such a big part. And you know, whether or not like anybody, you know, get. Golf, if you're playing it professionally, becomes work at some point. Like it, that's I think the big switch when you become a professional yeah. golfer is like yeah. that. That's a hard thing to deal with. But the other thing is like the how much life changes from when, especially like on the LPGA tour, where you're a you know relatively young adult and you're you know you're 23, 20, 22, golf. And like is everything to you, right? But when you yeah. get older, it changes. Like in in other things become important, and I think that's the thing that a lot of the the men golfers deal with in in their late twenties and early thirties. And I'm guessing the the women it it it's different for everybody, but it could be typified probably as like mid twenties, right? Right. Yep. Yep. I think we all come to think like, what's the use of all this? I thought that was probably yeah. came to like, like where, like, why am I doing this? What comes first? Have it like, is golf the means and all that stuff? So especially once you've made enough money to live, right. like that's the thing is like, exactly. and I think it's a little bit different than pro golf in like the Hogan era where they didn't have, they hadn't made the money to live the life that they right. want to live. But now, you know, with how much money's out there, it, you know, it's the Andrew Luck thing, like. Sure. I've got more money than why why do I need to go get just beat My up for yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like and and we see it across the board like athletes are retiring younger you know yeah. Calvin Johnson it, it's um uh, it's definitely something that I think is a trend is like you know that there, there there's a lot of stuff you just don't want to put up with anymore and if you've got your nest egg like why not just you know go live well some athletes who aren't retiring anymore and who do want to Phil. keep putting up with it Let's move Look on at to these the segues. Tour, the segues. This, is the, this is the podcast of professional segues. The Dominion Energy Charity Classic. Bernhard Lauder. He becomes the oldest winner in Champions Tour history at 64. He beat Doug Barron in a playoff. He's now three shy of Hale Irwin's Champions Tour record. I believe he's won every single year for 14 or 15 years. I believe 14 or 15 every single year. He's 64 years old. Um... He's had 42 wins since he became Champions Tour eligible. Uh, I saw Whit Watson talking about this is the most underreported story in golf. He said 42 after the age of 50 and at least one one win in each of the last 15 years. He beat guys who are 10 to 14 years younger. Ernie Els is shooting a 63 and he's beating them. Phil just won the PGA and he's beating them. Um, Let me tell you something. It's It's not underreported. Uh, you know why? It's on fucking TV every week, even though nobody cares about it. it, it call, saying it's underreported is the most preposterous thing. They're playing for prize purses that are 10x what they should be. It's not underreported at all. It's the most over, over-covered, you know, just joke of a tour 
but right. it's still it's still amazing. It's still amazing. Here, two things can be true. Yeah. The Champions Tour is a farce, and Bernhard Lager is his record on the Champions Tour is incredible. There's two; these two things both can be true. I was looking his first professional win, as far as I can tell, was the Dunlop Masters over Brian Barnes, October fourth of nineteen eighty. <clears throat> Um, and he's winning 40 years later, more than 40 years later. I it's think really, it, it's really it's, a competitive. It's like, who's the most competitive and disciplined? That's what it is. With, yeah. yeah that's this, this is not who's, he's not the, he's just the most competitive and most disciplined. Okay. So many, we, what we just talked about with Jin Young Ko and Rory and the existential crisis, like all these, like a lot of guys have more money than they can do anything with. And they just don't want to grind anymore. And Bernard Longer has incredible discipline and a ton of talent and has maybe been able to get away with a thing that's kept him relevant. Anchors away. For, yeah. yeah. So, I, I think there's two. I think it can speak to Bernhard's discipline and also the Champions Tour, both, that he's still winning at 64, right? And maybe like the, 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 there's both things. Um, 19, his first I mean, win. Like, look at who the prolific Champions Tour players have bet. They aren't. Like Bernhard's the rare was a superstar who yeah. has who has stayed like has the the fire still burning. Right. Like Scott McCarron was a great Champions Tour player. Scott Perrell is a guy that didn't even play on a tour. Like those are the guys because they have the discipline and the edge, and they still are trying to like reach their peak of like relevancy. Yeah. Um, Yep. Bernhard Langer's just the rarity of a great player who has stayed motivated. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's something. It's not nothing. Like this is really, really impressive. I was looking at like what was happening in October in 1980. His first win, like the top movie, was Hopscotch, which I have no idea what that is. Book ended by The Exterminator and Private Benjamin. I don't I like Private Benjamin. I I don't know. Vaguely familiar. Like the top song was like Air Supply. Uh, like it's just a long ass time ago, and he's still winning on a competitive tour. I don't know. Top Son was another one bites the dust by Queen in October of 1980. Um, all right, so he's four. I don't think he's. Uh, maybe he'll beat Hill Irwin. We'll see. He's got to get three. Three's a lot. Three's a lot when you're 64. But oldest winner in Champions Tour history. Congrats to Bern. Congrats to Bernhard. It seems like he's gonna win. Uh, maybe not. It seems like he might win another Schwab Cup. A sixth. So. Uh, the other thing that happened at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic was Phil. Phil was grumpy. I don't know. He, he popped off at a reporter who was saying, like, you're not really accurate off the tee, which, you know, it's probably some local guy. You know, the Champions Tour doesn't have all the top golf riders. And, and he, he goes, I, so I look at the longest. This is before the, the event. I, like, I try to hit the farthest out here. And I was number one in driving distance. That's the way I look at it. If you want to look at stuff that's irrelevant, have at it. And then he didn't talk to the media on Saturday or Sunday. After Shades got of Detroit. Just a weird deal. So he had two nines on this par five that was, among, if not the easiest, top two or three easiest, a 547-yard par five. He had pumped two OB, hit his fifth from the tee, I believe, on, the, on Friday, uh, Saturday. And then I think he made a nine again on Sunday. Um, and I don't know. He's tweeting at Scott Fawcett about just, you know, length is all that matters and I, I don't know. Just getting the farthest out there is all that matters. Again, and being just snippy with the media. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. 
Apparently, you know also- what? Go ahead. It's uh, it'd be like if every time we got a negative podcast review, we just said we're we're not having a show for a couple weeks. We're we're not recording the rest of the week. Yeah, I mean, there's it's some just people absurd. Who say some mean comments, and it's just like I don't know. Like that's the the hazard of the occupation. You, you get to play million for millions of dollars. You get to play on the Champions Tour for millions of dollars. Technically, I mean, like before anybody comes at me, like technically the winner doesn't get. To, but there are million do- millions of dollars in the purse, and you get to play for that. Part of the what comes of it is that you have to answer. You should, like part of the requirement is you need to answer questions. Like yeah. This is and and people can ask you stupid questions. It might have been a stupid question. Who knows? But like, you know what? Like, thank thank your bless count your blessings that you get to play for, you know, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like, there's anyone there to ask a question, whether the yeah. guy's uninformed about accuracy versus distance or not. Count your blessings that there's someone there to ask you anything. Um, and that's the I, thing is like he just got such an this attitude towards like anybody that doesn't matter is so it's just he's just a bad guy. I think like like the Twitter is like interesting. Just like going nuts on the driver length. I was just thinking about that over the weekend. I don't know why it popped in my head. It's like you have this like all time player just going berserk on Twitter. I'm just wondering like Tiger is not gonna do that. He's just not on Twitter. The same thing happened with the Detroit columnist. It's just an interesting look here towards the end of the guy who's Got everything, done everything, almost, in the game. So, all right. Um, that's it for a Champions Tour. We've done plenty. On the European Tour, the Mallorca, Jeff, I think his name's Jeff Winter. Winter is coming. He won. He's a Danish, uh, a Denmark golfer. He, I have intel. He doesn't actually like the game. He's, so he's in the vein of, who doesn't like, who hates the game? Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy. Well, well. Uh, apparently, where that diverges, he's apparently an incredible human. Great drinker, great bloke, like one of the guys the European Tour regulars absolutely love. First win, you know, his, his fellow countryman, uh, Joachim Hansen, Soren Kelton were out there. Uh, he's apparently a, a great human being, but he won on the European Tour. Had, uh, I don't know, Mallorca. Had to, I saw the big drama. Did you see this? He got locked in the bathroom on the Sunday. He's leading on Sunday. He went to take a shower. His wife went to go to the bathroom, and this door closed. It doesn't have a lock, but it was just it was jammed solid, solid lock, and they couldn't get out. Apparently, they had a six-year-old. Their six-year-old kid was there, and the six-year-old had to go fetch someone, and they had to break down the door. He was in there for forty-five minutes. They thought he was going to miss his tea time. He's leading on the European tour, and never won. I mean, good on the six-year-old. I, I, I mean, if we're being cold and calculated about this, like. The utility of kids is, is, you know, it's minimal. There's not like, there's the emotional, there's the love, there's the care, there's the responsibility. There's all that investment you get return on. But when they have are able to like get something done for you, it's minimal. But this six-year-old basically went and found someone at the front desk of this hotel to break down the door. Like I saw my kid, my six-year-old rolled the trash can out to the curb yesterday. I was like, wow. You're actually doing something around here. Like, there's not, there's not a ton of utility in kids if we're being ca- cold and calculated about. But this kid, this six-year-old, saved this guy's ass. He found someone. Just throwing your kids desk. under the bus. I'm not throwing my kids. I've told you. There's a lot of return and emotional and, lo- and all that. But, like, 
actually getting stuff done around the house or getting stuff done for you. It's minimal. This kid saved this guy, Jeff Winter's ass. Got somebody at the front desk to break down the door. 50 minutes, he gets out of the bathroom, goes and makes his final round tea time and wins. It's a good good story. Fantastic story. I don't have much else from Mallorca. Do you? I don't have anything. All right. News. Eight players ask for waivers. Damon Lynch report for the Saudi event. Among them, Dustin Johnson. Westy. Westwood. And Tommy Fleetwood are the names I believe that were floated. So I, Westy's, I mean, Westy's forty-eight, uh, <laughs> maybe forty-nine. Oh. Just he's just trying to cash in. He's gone through oh. a divorce. So the he moral had relativism that. here of Andy Johnson. <laughs> Listen, I'm just I'm I'm just pointing out why the the why behind it. Right? right. He's a sportsman. Okay. You're not plays by okay, the rules. All right. All right. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just pointing out why. You know, he's 48, no, 49. Why. You're understanding he's, the why. Isn't that Matt Nagy's yeah. point? Understanding the why of why he's going to. All right. Okay. He's 48, 49. He had the chubby thing that was a, you know, disaster. Might have taken and, some, some cash. Okay. Yeah. Like he, okay. he might have lost a lot of his, his net worth in, uh, in a bad situation there. And um, he might, that UPS deal might be a really bad deal for him. And uh, he got divorced. Like, I, I think at this point he's got this. And this could be why he's playing such good golf is like, hey, I can I've got still some years left of, of relevance. Like I'm cashing in. And this is a total cash in. This is he's, his comments about the, the PGL and SGL aligned to this. Like if somebody's going to pay me 40 million or whatever, I'm going to take it. Like, I think people can at least he's up front about it. Yeah. So that's but that. I'm no condone condone going and playing there morally like that. That's not something I condone. But like I, I also I understand what where his head is at and why he's doing it. Like if if you're at the twilight of your career and somebody's offering you seven figures to go play somewhere, it's probably pretty hard to, to turn it down. Interesting. Okay. All right. What so do you think? Um. I think you can't have this moral relative scaling scales. Time and place, 48, 49, divorce, I mean, Phil's probably divorce. going, right? I mean, I, well, you think he's one of the eight? I mean, Phil is not. If he's the moral guidepost, we're all screwed. <laughs> we're all screwed in this if he's the one on the, on the money front. I mean, I, I don't think DJ's necessarily a bad guy. He thinks money's money, you know? At the end of the day, there is like the the back half of this argument. Like, and I'm not trying to make this is the you know like I think morally it's it's not good. But like, what's your duty? What's your job as a pro golfer? Yeah, to win Saudi internationals. No, to make money. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, all right. Um, in that same vein, apparently, I, I mean, this just sounded like. Greg Norman found a columnist in Australia to launder this sort of like this float, this ridiculous assertion. Golf Digest Australia. It felt like a special, I I don't want to throw any shade, but this felt like a sponsored post. I read it and I was like, who, did he get paid to write this? Did Norman send him like some free shark shirts? I said, you can go to Costco and get those for like 10 bucks, you know, these these shark polos. Um, Golf Digest Australia's Brad Clifton. This is apparently Greg Norman is the leading uh, candidate or a candidate to become the commissioner of this, this SGL or Saudi attempt. Uh, this guy wrote, uh, uh, if if the latest Norman rumors, like who was this rumor? Just uh, an email Greg Norman sent him are indeed true. It's the best news golf has received in the long time. It's like all of golf, the all of it, the best news golf has received, like 
not just like Saudi golf, Australia, no, all of golf, best news, has there been a more influential innovator in the world of golf over the last 40 years? It's why the shark is the perfect person to help modernize the game at a time when the PGA Tour hasn't exactly ticked all the boxes in its effort to deliver a compelling product and give global golf and sport fans what they really want. The world's best players competing against each other on a regular basis outside the majors and crucially outside of the U.S. I don't know if he's the perfect person to help modernize the game. I think some points about you know greater appeal outside the U.S. are, are valid there, but just sort of, I, I don't know. This felt like the shark. I, I don't want to cast aspersions on any journalist or any writer, but um felt like the shark's hand was heavily, the shark's, shark's bite was heavily involved in this one. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on that? It's news, no. I guess. All right. I'm That's done. it. You got any? Oh, we didn't do Q school. Oh, uh, we, we school? yeah, we should give people we can do that some Wednesday. Shout out. What do you want no, to do? Let's now? do it. Let's we'll run down it. We All got, right. we got, we are, right. we're still under an hour. I feel like okay. we've packed a lot into this episode. Right. You know, right. the, if we didn't talk about garage sales, we would have plenty of time. And you know, these guys just, you know, they secured a place to play, and uh, you know, More they secured. Most importantly, they secured a place to practice. We didn't talk about that. That's true. <laughs> that guys, that's maybe the biggest thing is that these guys that signed year long leases in Scottsdale or uh, or Ponte Vedra, uh, the school, yeah, yep. they they have a place to play, practice, which is a huge deal. They yep. can still use the cafeteria. Everybody it sounds like can still use the cafeteria, but these guys could go to the range. Um, all right, let's uh, let's start. We'll start with uh, the. Albuquerque. We're going to start with Albuquerque because of uh, the uh, alphabet. All right. <laughs> I've been having to listen to a lot of Elmo songs lately. And, uh, What's the letter of the day? El- El- Elmo's uh, rapping the alphabet's a popular oh, okay. one with my daughter. Okay, good. I like it. Tom Lovelady, the uh, Discovery sales rep, former tour player, turned Discovery sales rep, wins. You know, uh, I've, I've heard from... I think the Country Club Collective is close with him on a collection is close with him on Instagram. Uh, he basically took two years off because he didn't appreciate the game anymore. Alabama golfer, very talented, yeah. a burly boy, um, and he's back. You know, he is um, loving the game of golf again, and it's showing. He he won in a romp, five shot win there. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Brightwell, a former Oklahoma player in second as well as other burly boy quad cummings gets through good stuff a few quad. other notables here we've got uh peter quest utah guy who's, BYU, who's right? yeah. yeah uh kyle westmoreland the air force the guy that play, went to the air force for a couple mm-hmm. years he's mm-hmm. he's got uh status on the corn ferry tour obviously these guys they have status on the corn ferry tour <laughs> The next Q school will determine their number of starts. So they don't have full status if, unless you win that. But you, if you get 8 to 12 starts, I think it's like a top, offhand, top 30 or so finish, top 35 maybe, top 45. You've pretty much got you know locked up where if you don't just shit the bed, you're going to start in everything. Um, Scott Harrington, uh, Logan McCracken. What a name. Fantastic name. We may need to keep an eye at tabs on him, Logan. <laughs> Logan McCracken, near misses. I'll see if there's anybody here near misses. Um, 
Jared Dutois, who is a Detroit, really good player at uh, at uh, Arizona State. The the real OBJ. Tough. Fell short. Shoot. Yeah. Tough Shoot. for him. All right, moving on. We'll go to Dothan, Alabama. Chandler Phillips edges out Andy Ogletree. Those are two Ballyhooed um, amateur collegiate players right there um, at the top. Blaine Barber, uh, Spencer Ralston also in the top five. Stephen Fisk, he was a great Georgia uh, State, I think it was Georgia State player. Um, won a ton. Not Georgia State. Um, Southern? God, where? Georgia Southern. Yeah, Georgia Southern. He was yep. he was really really great um, player. He won a ton. I think it, it, so. He's in there. Um, he'll be on the Corn Ferry Tour. Thomas Walsh, James Nicholas, Yale player, um, Billy Tom Sargent, influencer, big time influencer. James Nicholas, he's out there, very popular. Near okay. misses. Rick Lamb, former tour player. Luke Schneiderjans, uh, Josh Teeter. David Perkins, the pride of uh, ISU. Our guy, Bill Holcomb. I think it's time for him to drop the will, go to Bill. It, it will just fit his whole, you know, aesthetic more if he goes Bill. All right. That's what uh, that's what he should take. Blom. Blom. Blom missed. Dom, Dom Bazzelli. Remember the Dom Bazzelli era on tour? Yeah, he, he was the Sanderson Special. He was. It seemed like he always is in contention. Samerson. He had that great, uh, great uh, tournament. A, a couple. Of, I think he played well two years in a row at uh, La Quinta PGA West. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right too. Sounds um, right. He, he misses. All right, we're on to Marietta, Rickyville. Rickyville. Yeah. Rickyville. <laughs> Tane Lee, your guy, gets out. There we go. Matt Matt Piscano, who had or Picasso Picasso Picasso. Yep. He wins. No, Tane well. Lee's T5, so he's got status. That's big. D.H. Lee, I feel like he won a, uh, a Q school a couple of years ago. Uh, he's in there. Bunch of guys. I feel like this is the Mike Fiegels, University of Illinois, Illinois guy. There we go. Here we go. There you go. Next great Illini on tour, maybe. Can I mean, the Illini could be one of the best... Uh, Schools. I mean, let me get through some of the I misses. What about LeBron? If LeBron got it, all right, go ahead. Nick Voke misses. Uh, Nick Cantley. Do you think that's Pat Cantley's brother? It is. It is. I remember looking at this last week. I believe it is. Sh- a Shataro ban. Is that Shintaro's brother? Shataro. Shataro. Not, not Shintaro. Sure. Maybe they're related. They got to be, right? They have to be. Tough, tough scene for Ryan Porch. I was hoping for Porch. I thought he could be a big, big notables guy this year. <laughs> All right, we're down to Florida. Luis Gagne, LSU is your legend. There you go. Right, Al- Albin Choi, former caddy of, of Sungjae. Sungjae, back onto for Sungjae. Back onto the Corn Ferry Tour. Good, great playing there. Steve LeBron, T six, along with. TJ Vogel, Mr. Monday was T four. The Scrivener an eighth. This sailing, is a great one. This is a good good uh good qualifier. Scrivener sailing the high seas of the United States. Eric gonna... Cole, another minor league tour uh legend, is through. Yeah, oh, he's T right. nine. Okay. okay. We got um Ryan Lumpson. You know where he played? 
Where? Lumsden. Illinois? Northwestern. He should uh, make Chicago contingent was cheering okay. him on down in Plantation. He's got that UK pipeline, the Northwestern, right? Uh, yeah, he's from the UK. Go ahead. Steve Marino. Still doing it. <laughs> Still doing it. Still Who knows what there. he was doing before the round, during the round. Good well thing. after the round. Sure. Yeah. Steve Marino is in. And Big Mike, Big Mike Basaki oh. shoots a back 931. Wow. He goes, he has an eagle and three birdies, no bogeys, to get it done after playing the front nine. He thought, it looked sad. He was played the front nine four over. He had two doubles. I, you know, I remember checking in. I was kind of, you know, again, I'm going to do my rant again. The fact that this isn't available on the PGA Tour app, isn't available on PGATour.com. That you right? have. You have to Google Corn Ferry Finals. This fact that you, Corn Ferry Q School is how you get to this. This is how I've done it the last, like, eight years. You Google this bullshit to find it. The fact that it's not connected to the PGA Tour is a joke. It's a joke. How is this not, like, what are you doing, PGA Tour? Scoring it's, at it's actually, events is it's, equivalent to this. It's almost the same. Yeah, yeah it's disrespectful. Yeah. This is like, this is how you find scores to your local county amateur. This is, it's an absolute joke. You should be embarrassed. It's disrespectful to your employees that work their asses off, like uh, Kevin Prize and the other guys that do great job putting on these corn fairy events. This is all the managers, the manager staff, the higher ups. All and right, the PGA all right, Tour right. should be embarrassed. This is a, a standing, mark. a standing thing year after year that you're just going dis- up disrespectful to to the players that are you are then going to monetize and you know popularize so many of these guys, and it's just disrespectful to their journey to their jobs. They're cranking up the drawbridge as the missile, the 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 catapults are launching stones at the global hum. The drawbridge has started going up. The attacks are coming. And with that, I think we're going to end this Monday episode. Well, we got a couple misses here. Sunny Kim. I got to be out of here at 1030. Go. Another Sunny Kim miss. Oh, God. Well, that's good for him. He needs to go home and work on his his real tour. You know, increase his all-time wins lead. Andres Romero misses. Sean Jacklin from Braden in Florida. He's got to be related, right? He's probably playing at the concession. Braden. Got Justin it. Huber, fellow content creator in the No Laying Up sphere. Yeah. Ben Cook, back to teaching lessons on the... Uh, Latino America the, tour? <laughs> no, in the, in the Minnesota, whatever town uh, in Minnesota, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, Michigan yeah. driving range that he's a alleged pro. <laughs> never been seen for years. He's right. back there. Nick Thompson. So there's, there's only so many Thompsons that can be out there, I guess, so. All right. Anything else? Your boy Angus didn't make it. Flanagan. Curtis Reed, I think, shot a 57 once. There was a lot of, uh, you know, Gus Flanagan, man. Yeah. Angst. All right. That does it. Dylan Meyer, WD. I wonder what happened. Monday episode. I have to go. All right. Enjoy your Monday. Daniel missed. We got our big Halloween costumes episode coming this Friday. Woo! That's an annual favorite. Tune in for that. Buy some merch if you want to be, I don't know, shotgun start fan for Halloween. Check out the pro shop. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.